Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com. Awesome. Anybody excited about Jesus? Come on. Thank you, Lord. Some maintenance happening on the stage. Yay. God is in a good mood. Thank you, Jesus. We got a lot of good stuff going on in our midst. Thank you, Jesus. You know, he's not just after Sunday Christians. Amen? He's after wholehearted, all the way in, full-fledged believers that are going after him with everything that they have. And uh, a lot of the stuff that we do, uh, you know, we gather on Saturdays and worship, and it's amazing, but a lot of the meat uh, that we do happens uh, at various times through uh, life groups and through equip classes, and we got a lot of stuff going on to, uh, to train and equip ourselves just to go after the depth of God and to really be people of impact. So um, Renee already mentioned a few things. I did personally want to highlight a couple of things coming up. We have our equip classes. We have our, our last round of equip classes um, for, for this season. We'll do more in the fall. But we got two classes that will be happening in May. It's Colossians, uh, titled Jesus is All, with Shane Harris. And uh, come on, we really just value diving into the Word. Like, it's, it's never meant just to be skimmed over. Can I get an amen on that? Like, to go into the depth. So I would really encourage you just to sign up for these classes because these are both uh, just meat classes. And the other one is World Revival Through the Lens of Israel and the Church with my brother, Jahi Evans. So um, both are going to be profound and, and revelatory and really, and really uh, equip you in deep ways. Um, we have a, a new class also starting uh, that is called Foundations, and uh, Foundations is really for people who, who are either new in the Lord or maybe new to this expression of the kingdom, and you just really want to, to, to revisit um, some of the foundational gospel truths that set us up for success in everything that we do. And so I would, you know, if you're new in the Lord or if you know somebody who's new in the Lord, I would encourage you, but I also would encourage you, if you just want to revisit um, those foundational realities, I would sign up for this class. It's not going to be uh, just elementary, uh, but it is going to be foundational. So I encourage you to sign up for that. You can find more information in your bulletin and on the website. Um, thank you, Jesus. That class is going to be on Saturdays uh, starting at May 11th. And uh, then the last one I'm going to mention is we have a missions trip to Mexico coming up, our first ever uh, missions trip as a church. And it's, uh, we're calling it a family missions trip. So we're going to Saltillo, Mexico, where my brother and I have both been before. We had a, an incredible move of God. We had 300 people get born again on one Sunday morning. And uh, it, was, it was incredible. Uh, but we're going back there, and this is a family trip, meaning we're designing it for families to take their children and to do it all together, because there's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit, right? And God is, revival is meant to be in family and across the generations. 
But I also want to say that you don't have to have kids to go. Like, we're going to be doing stuff that is, that is oriented for the kids, but we're also going to be doing um, just, just blowout services. Um, they're planning on some of the services having like 4,000 plus people. Um, and so even if you don't have ch- kids, but you like kids, you're welcome to go. I would encourage you to sign up because you're really going to grow uh, in, the, in the supernatural. An increase happens when you're sent with an assignment. So I would, I would really encourage you to pray about, about that trip. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Chris, are you, uh, you ready to c- come on up here? We just mentioned, I don't know if you're what. Yep, you're both coming. Great. This is Chris and Larissa. And uh, <clears throat> they, uh, they work in our, in our children's ministry here. And we just said there's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. So we thought it would be a great opportunity to hear some good news of what God's doing amongst the kids. And uh, we, had, we had dinner with them the other day, meaning we, <laughs> we ended up getting seated at the tables next to each other at this restaurant. We're like, hey, what are you doing here? So we ended up like just talking o- across the whole time. So it was like we had dinner together. Um, but I mentioned, they were telling me stories. I was like, man, you guys just got to share when we have an opportunity. So why don't you tell us some of what God's been doing with the kids? For sure. Like Joaquin's saying, there's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. And um, when we stepped into this house, like, we didn't really understand what our assignment was, what God was sending us here for. And he's like, you're going to be in kids, and we're gonna, you're going to do, do worship there, and you're going to do these amazing things. And I didn't know what that looked like until we actually started doing it. And we got so wrecked, and it's like, wow. So, John, like, I want to tell you something. Your kids are so powerful. Your kids, their hands have the ability to heal. Okay. I don't know if you heard that. I'm telling you, your kids' hands have the ability to heal. Um, you should not give me the mic, Joaquin. I think I'm going to preach tonight. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> Woo, man. Stick up here. Um. But no, your kids, their hands have the ability to heal. And we were, I was just um, talking with one of the teachers a minute ago, too, and I was like, what has God, what has God been doing? Because I'm not in there every single weekend. But um, God has blessed us with amazing worship um, people in there as well. I couldn't do without them. I head up the, the worship um, teams there and, uh, for kids, and they do a phenomenal job just leading the kids into the presence. But also just um, as teachers, you know, we, we just partner with them as well and see what they, and just just actually just giving your kids, equipping them, not talking to them like kids, but saying you have the ability, you have the power to do these things, right? So these kids are grabbing hold of it, right? And they're saying, um, one of the kids came up and said, they had, do you have anything to share? And they're like, yeah, sure we do. And they just felt like God was just wanting to just call out cancer and healing and cancer and kids ministry, Right? So what did the kids start doing? They started grabbing hands. They started just declaring that cancer was going to be gone. No, no, the cancer was no longer going to exist. Amen. This is happening in kids. These are your kids. Okay? All we're doing is we're just taking the keys that you have been instilling in them at your home, and we're saying, Here, there's more. There's more. Right? There's nothing that we're doing extra. We're just saying everything, all the values that you're instilling in your kids that you're, you have amazing kids, let me tell you this. 
I know sometimes it may seem, we, we have a, a six-year-old, but sometimes it may seem like it's chaotic. Sometimes it may seem like, are you actually getting this? They are. Because when we see them in the room and they're stepping out, I mean, they're getting visions that you wouldn't even believe. I mean, I'm like, I'm astonished by every, like, I'm like starting to shake. I don't know if you can see my hand. Like, the visions that they're actually seeing are heavenly visions. They're not just visions that you would just be like, um, that doesn't make any sense. No, they're actually empowering. They're actually impacting you. They're actually, they're actually just, man, I can't even talk right now because it's so, but, whew. Okay, I'm going to be smart. I'm going to hand the mic to my wife really quick because she has something special really quick to just share. Yeah, yeah, real quick. Because I can't talk in this. <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to do any better. Um, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the power of God falls on the kids. And um, it's just, you know, it's, it's during worship, but it's even as they're, like, coming in and they're just, they're radiating so much light and I was asking God about that and it's it's in scripture and it says like how the children are filled with wide-eyed wonder they are filled with wide-eyed wonder they see in the spirit they talk about seeing uh, the lion face of God and I'm like where like you know we (laughs) Where is he? Where are the angels in the room? Like, they are spirit-filled kids that um, we were talking about, um, uh, you know, sometimes are they listening? And they'll draw a picture, and they're just like, I believe that there's going to be rain that's going to pour down in this place. And, and, and where there was no life, there's going to be life. And we're like, okay, you just pray. You take the mic, and you pray that prayer and release that in the room. So, these these kids, we call them out, and we're like, you are warriors in the spirit. They're constantly talking about the devil being defeated, and we're like, all right, that's right. You already know. We didn't even have to. We don't, let's thank you, Jesus. So it's it's fun. It's so fun. Come on, I, want you, I, I want these guys just to pray. Can you, you want to agree with them for uh, an increase amongst our kids? But the Bible tells us that we need to be childlike to inherit the kingdom. So upgrade for them is upgrade for all of us. Amen? If you want to stand up, I just want to have, <clears throat> have you just pray. The Riz will have you pray and just for, for increase uh, what God's already doing. Yeah, God, we believe that you're raising an army in those kids. We believe, God, that this is the time we call them forward, Lord, that in their schools, Lord God, that you are doing something powerful. You are the light, God, that you have been planted in them, Father, since the time that they were born, Lord. And we know that they are on-time kids, God. We call forward their destiny, God. We know that there are times, Father, when the, when the plan tries to be destroyed, but you are so great. We call forward greatness all over these kids, Lord, and we are going to see, we are going to hear about the dreams that are in their hearts. God, the visions that you put into them, God, the power for them to, to, to anoint and to heal. We know that you are in that room. You take them out into this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, guys. Bless you. Thank you. Come on, so good. Yay, Jesus. Are you guys ready for the word? Anybody love the word of God? Come on. Uh, God's put something on my heart tonight 
And I want to I talk about running your race and fighting your fight tonight. Thank you, Jesus. One person's excited about that. Listen, that's all I need. Come on. We already got the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> the Bible says where, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. I'll just need one person in agreement, and we could change the world. <clears throat> but I feel like we got a whole lot more than one in this room. There's some hungry people in here. And uh, so tonight, I want to talk about running your race and fighting your fight. Thank you, Jesus. Fighting your fight. It's not something that we, that we necessarily talk about all the time. Why? Because like the kids are, are telling us, the devil's already been defeated. Come on, thank you, Jesus. But, but the Bible does talk about this, and I want to I dive into this a little bit tonight, and I believe that God's going to breathe some fire on us, and I believe, believe that God's going to bring upgrades on us once again. How many people know God is doing stuff in our midst? Like, there's, there's something happening right now. And what I love about the kingdom is that the kingdom is now and is still coming. Oh, got quiet. Look, the train of Isaiah, the train of his robe, it filled the temple. But that word is a continual feeling. Like it came in and it just kept on coming. Because there's no end to God. It just comes and keeps on coming. And listen, we're not waiting for a move of God. We're in a move of God. But even in this place of the move, there's more coming. <laughs> I'm the only one excited about that. Listen, <laughs> the, the Bible says to pray for rain in the day of letter rain. When it's raining, it's a great time to ask for more rain. <clears throat> Don't wait till you're in a desert season to ask for it to rain. When it's raining is a really good time to remember how thankful we are. To God for what he's doing and what we give thanks for increases. Listen, miracles are happening amongst the children. They were, they were telling us, many of them, kids getting healed, them getting words of knowledge for each other, them having encounters, going out and worship, having encounters. Listen, people are getting healed just driving to service. When, listen, when people come up to the prayer line and have to apologize because they got healed, they're like, they're, they're like, I came for healing tonight, but I got healed in the parking lot when I stepped out of my car. So I'm not sure what to do now. Maybe you could just bless me. <laughs> listen, when that stuff's happening, when you get doctor's reports that ca cancer is no longer in the body, when people who are on their deathbed, we pray and they show up at worship the next week to worship with us, Listen, that means we are in a move of God. And in this move, there's still more coming. Because God's taking us from glory to glory. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life which you were called. And you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I love last week we had the baptisms, water baptism. What a powerful time that was. Do you know, we, we, we prayed and we're like, God, touch people in the baptismal. Don't let it just be a formula. 
It's not just a ceremony. It's a relationship with a living God, which means it's an encounter waiting to happen. And we prayed into it. I was so pleased to see God falling on people. If you were out there, my favorite scene was, well, uh, next to my six-year-old getting baptized. That was that was my favorite. Next to that, there was a guy, the power of God hit him in the baptismal tank, and he's laid out on the tiles with his towel wrapped around him, shaking on the floor. Why? Because we serve a living God. I like this side tonight. You guys are, you guys are warmed up. <laughs> and you guys are getting warm. Come on, I can feel it. Thank you, Jesus. He's, he's turning up the fire. That we serve a living God. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Timothy 4.7, we just read out of 2 Timothy 4.7, I have fought the good fight, Paul says. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Fighting the good fight, we hear it, we know it, we know Paul talks about it in the Bible, but what does fighting the good fight look like? What does it mean to fight? And, and I think the first place many of us, our mind goes is combat warfare, kicking and punching, and I'm going to fight, and I'm going to claw, and I'm going to scratch, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight, and I'm going to fight the devil. But listen, he's already been defeated. And I want to I say, listen, there's not that there isn't a place for spiritual warfare. There is. The devil's already been defeated, but sometimes it's our job to remind him he's already been defeated. I just like that one. That's... <laughs> but but there's another there's another type of fight and the picture is is the athlete the olympic the olympian up on the the platform the hand of the medal talking about the fight that they endured to get to where they are or the CEO who's, who's the head of this uh, Fortune 500 company, and they're at the top of their game, and they're talking about the fight that they fought to get to where they are. There is a fight not just of kicking and punching, but there's a fight for going after the goal that's set before you. Oh, it got really quiet. <laughs> going after the goal that was set before you. And, and Paul here, he's talking about fighting the good fight. He's talking about going after the goal, going after the prize that God has put before him. Thank you, Jesus. How many people know that Paul had an assignment? Like, Paul wasn't just wandering around aimlessly. Like, what should I do next? Paul was gripped with an assignment. Paul, Paul wanted to take the gospel to, the, to all of the known world. To all of the, the unchurched, whoever hasn't heard it yet, Paul wanted to bring the good news. And he did three missionary journeys and tried to cover as much of the known world as he could. He had an assignment. And when he says, I fought the good fight, Paul's talking about he gave all that he had to fulfill the assignment. Come on, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Paul was fighting the fight to take the gospel to the, to the world. Paul, Paul was fighting to be at the top of his game and to remain at the top of his game. So I want to ask you tonight, what's your fight? Because Paul had a fight. 
Paul had a race. Paul had a goal. Paul had a vision. I want to ask you, what's, what's your fight? And Paul, who was, who was just who was gripped with the goodness of the Father, just to see his kingdom come and his love displayed on earth. And because of that, that God always backs up surrender. And God would show up in defense of Paul, and he saw entire uh, villages, entire people groups just come under the, the an unction of God, come into saving grace because he was given. And that Paul even, he trained for his race, and he trained for his fight. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to preach myself happy tonight. <laughs> In 1 Corinthians, if you got your Bible and you want to open your Bible, open to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And I'm about to read, but the, the context is that Paul is talking about becoming all things to all people that he might win some, that he would win many. In 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19, it says, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. Thank you, Jesus. And then he goes on to talk about becoming a Jew to the Jews so that he might win some and that becoming free to those who are free that he might win some, becoming weak to those who are weak that he might win some. This is the context that we're going to read into. And then in verse 24, it says this, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I tell you, God's got a race for you. And I actually feel like God is going to be handing out batons tonight. <laughs> and even as I said that, I saw that earlier, and, and God was putting this on my heart, I felt like God was be, going to be handing out batons tonight. But as I said it right now, I feel like God's going to be handing out batons, and for some of us, he's going to be handing out track shoes. Come on. With wings on them. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody, anybody believe that you've been created to run? Thank you, Jesus. You're in the right house. And that, that Paul actually trains, he trains for his race. And obviously, we know we're not, he's not just talking about physical training. He's not talking about push-ups and running laps. He's talking about training his spiritual realities to accomplish the goal it's why we offer all these classes it's why we want to be equipped it's why we dive into the word regularly because we want to train ourselves but I want to dive in here a little bit deeper again this verse 24 says do you not know that those who run in a race all run 
but one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things or operates in self-control. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown. So listen, Paul's about, he's making a comparison. They do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. I want to make an important distinction here. Paul is talking about a physical race. He's talking about an athletic race, but he's making a comparison and a contrast. He's comparing this race, but then he talks about that's what they do in the natural, but in the spirit, we run for, for an everlasting crown, a crown that doesn't perish, that doesn't rust, that doesn't break, a crown to everlasting life. But I, I feel like sometimes we can get caught up in this one statement where it says, we all run, all run, but one receives the prize. But I want you to notice that Paul isn't saying, this is what your kingdom race looks like. He makes a comparison, and then he says, but we do it different. And I feel like that sometimes in our Christian walk that we, we look at the race and we make the mistake and we go, man, I can't win. There's people running faster than me. I'm not going to get first place. And if I can't win, then why even train? Why even run? I've never been that good. There's always somebody who can prophesy more, who can heal the sick more, who memorizes the scriptures more. There's always somebody who's out ahead. It feels that way. But listen, he's not talking about an earthly race. Somebody say amen. He's talking about a kingdom race. And in, in, the, in the kingdom, the race isn't just to get first the race isn't to get one person over the line first. The race is to get as many as we can across the line, period. <laughs> the, the goal of the kingdom race isn't one person doing it fastest. It's us all doing it together. And I tell you what, that changes everything. Thank you, Jesus. And for this, this race, Paul... Paul trained his spiritual self to be at the top of his game. And it says, in my, in my translation, it says, those who run, everyone who competes for the prize is temperate. I don't, I don't like that. Some verses say self-control. But literally, in the Greek, it literally means to exercise internal dominion. <laughs> Have I mentioned that I love the word? <laughs> and, and literally, the, in, the, in the Greek word, when you follow the root of this word, it means, it means to exercise an internal d dominion that didn't come from yourself. It literally means a dominion that, came, that is a gift from God. And that those who run are supposed to exercise this dominion that came from God. And that we release that dominion over our spiritual realities. Thank you, Jesus. In fact, it's the same in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. The last one is self-control. It's the same thing. 
Look, it's not talking about my ability alone. It's talking about God's ability in me. That's why it's a fruit of his spirit. Woo, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> all, all who run are supposed to operate the internal dominion of God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the, you know, I ran, um, I ran uh, track in high school. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to be that funny, but uh <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jesus. Anyway. People are like, yeah, I'd like to see that. <laughs> it was a long time ago, okay? Give me a break. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that um, I ran track, and obviously there's different events that you can compete in, and each event you get a prize. The winner gets a prize, first, second, third, they get a ribbon, whatever. There's individual races and there's individual rewards. But there's something greater than that, and in the track meet, the most coveted reward is, is the team, the team award. What team won the whole event? And so that you can run your individual race and you're competing for your individual prize. But the greater prize is the team prize. And the team prize isn't about one finisher. The team prize is about a collection of finishers. Who can push the team forward? That I give my best so that the whole team can succeed. That, that in, in, in track, that obviously there's all the different events and the, the team prize, then there's the individual prizes, individual race. But I tell you, every competitor in track is also running another, after another prize. And they're in a personal competition, each one of them. And every practice, every training session is about this other prize and every track meet they're going after this prize too and that's called the personal best everybody is going after their personal record their PR it's like you can run in the race and you're you're going for the team prize you're going for the individual prize and you're going for your personal best all all the same and the thing is that your personal best, that race, everybody can win. Listen, I can't, con I can't control you. I can't control how fast you're running. All I can do is control me and exercise that internal dominion gift from God, and I can run as fast as I can run. And in some, some track meets, I was, I was among the fastest at the most regional, smallest track meets. <laughs> but listen, but listen, when, when you got, we get to state level, I was no longer the fastest. Guess what, I was running the same speed. <laughs> but, your, but your placement doesn't always depend on you, it depends on who you're running next to. 
And in one setting, you're like, man, I'm the best. <laughs> I'm the fastest. Nobody can compete with me. And then next thing you know, the next season, you're like, I'm like 10th. What happened? And if we make the mistake, we start thinking less of ourselves. Like you're running, I'm not, I'm not as fast as I used to be. No, you're running the same speed. <laughs> you're just running against, now you're running along next to people who are faster than the last group you were running with. You're still running the same speed. But that's why every competitor has this one goal in mind, their personal best. And they're training, and, I, you know, you're training, you're like, man, last week I ran this mark, and this week I want to beat that mark. And sometimes my personal best would have me in first place, sometimes second place, sometimes eighth place. But, but if you ever ran track, you know what I'm talking about. This thing about personal best was so ingrained in, in these athletes that, that you'd be watching a, a track meet, you watching an event, somebody, you know, the 100-yard dash, and you'd see somebody who came in fifth place, and they would be celebrating. Why? Because they just got their personal best. You're like, uh, you got fifth. You don't even get a medal. <laughs> because they're going after multiple prizes at the same time. They're like, I want to help my team win. They're like, I want to win if I can, but I also want to hit my personal best. Sometimes you can win the race, sometimes you can't, but you can always win at your personal best. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the kingdom, just like in, in, for the track competitor in the kingdom, there's actual multiple prizes. I don't know if you realize that, but it's true. That the, the, the Bible talks about that those, who, that those who remain till the end, they will receive a crown. That they will receive the crown of life. Thank you, Jesus. Some, some places refer to it as a crown of glory. Either way, it sounds good to me. <laughs> and that is the, the, the most important crown that, that we all receive this crown of life. It speaks of it in James and in Revelations, in multiple places. But the Bible also talks about additional rewards, additional prizes that we get to run for. It says those who remain receive the crown of life. But then in other places, it uses this language, those who conquer. And you get a whole nother set of rewards over here. Can I read some to you? <laughs> it, says, it says those who conquer will be given white robes. It says they will be made pillars in the house of God. It says they will eat from the tree of life. Look at this. Revelations 2, verse 17. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, somebody say conquers. I will give some of the hidden manna. 
and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. Oh my goodness. Listen, it means that we, can, that we all get a crown. And I tell you that that's the most important, the crown of life. We don't want to be left out. We don't want anybody to be left out. We want the crown of life. But there's, but there's additional there's additional rewards, white robes and eating from the tree of life, hidden manna. Oh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> and what, oh, you, I want a stone with a name that's secret that only me and Jesus know. Oh, thank you, God. Listen, in the world, in the world race, we applaud for the one. But remember, Paul is making a comparison and a contraction. That he is saying, yes, we run in a similar way, but not exactly the same. In the world, you applaud for the one. The person who gets first, you, you applaud maybe a little for a second. But in the kingdom, the kingdom applauds when you simply step on the track. <laughs> Look, all of heaven rejoices when one person repents and comes into the kingdom. All of heaven. Look, not all of heaven. Not a cheering section. Not the choir. Like all of heaven. Because you just simply got on the track. Look, you haven't even started running. You haven't even, you haven't even won a prize. You're just like, okay, I'm going to compete. And heaven's like, yeah, we got another one. <laughs> I guess heaven does participation awards. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but heaven, heaven does participation awards, but there's also greater rewards. Thank you, Jesus. That Paul had a race to, to run, and he had a fight to fight. And Paul, at the end of his life, coming near the end of his life, could say, I fought the good fight. Thank you, Jesus. And as I said earlier, I feel like that there's upgrades in the room. And I feel like literally God is going to be handing batons to people tonight. That God is inviting us to run. He's inviting us to run with new life and with new freedom. And he's breaking off that thing that, that has spoken to several of us in the past and that says, why, would, why should I train? I'm never going to be first. But it's, it's only the earthly race that they applaud one. Heaven applauds for everybody who gets on the track. We're not trying to get one across first. We're trying to get all across. Thank you, Jesus. Uh -huh. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> you know, we're not, called, we're not called to train just to make it over the line, though. We're called to get as many over the line as we can, but how many people know that's not the highest call of God? 
That we're not called just, just to make it. Like, oh, I made it. Here I am. Whew. No, we're called, we're called to release transformation. We're called to release breakthroughs. We're called to release impartations and anointings. We're called to exercise gifts. We're called to step out in boldness. We're called to shift atmospheres and to change cities, regions, and nations so that when we step over the line, there's a multitude that are coming with us and we can say, Jesus, look what I brought to you. Thank you, Jesus. That I uh, a funny funny story, but but my parents, uh, my grandparents on my mom's side, they had this awesome habit. They would go for a walk every every evening after dinner, and they would go for a walk. And they did this as long as I I knew them. And they would they were so faithful with this. I mean, it'd have to be like torrential downpour for them to not go on their walk, and they would walk. Day after day, and they, they did this into their almost 80 till they physically just couldn't do it anymore. They're out there walking. And it did something like it, they were, they were, they were healthy and they were vibrant and they, and, uh, they were in, able to enjoy life right up till, till the end. And it just, it just kept them healthy. And their, their goal was to maintain. And they succeeded at their goal. That's a beautiful example of in the natural, but in the kingdom, how many people know we're not just called to maintain? And, and I, there's something that worries me in the West, and, and, and I'll, I'll call it devotional Christianity. What does that mean? That means that we get in this maintenance mindset. And it's like, oh, did you read your Bible today? Yeah, I read, I read my Bible for 10 minutes today. I do that every day. And I go to church on Sunday, or Saturday in our case. <laughs> and that's my walk with God. I read my Bible for 10 minutes, and I went to church. I read my Bible for 10 minutes, and I went to church. That's awesome, if all you're called to do is maintain. But we're not a church of maintainers. We're a church of overcomers. We're a church of conquerors. We're a church that just isn't going to go for a walk every day, but we're a church who's going to get our assignment so that we can run our race. And we know that we're not competing against the person next to us. Some days I might be the fastest runner. Some days I might be in fifth. But it doesn't matter because my goal isn't to beat you. My goal is to beat myself. My goal is to go after my personal best. I'm starting to get excited. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are we training just to make it over the line? Or are we training to run God's race? 
Because God's got big plans for you. Bigger than we know, better than we think. But we're not going to get there just by 10 minutes a day and I go to church on Saturday. That we need to wake up with a vision. That we need to wake up with purpose. How do we get purpose? You ask God for it. Say, God, okay, I realize that maybe I've been stuck in this cycle, but I'm now ready to go to another level. What do you have for me? What are you calling me to? What are you inviting me into? Get in the Word and start reading about the invitations, about what's possible, and wake up every day going, God, I'm going after that. And you might, and you might be the slowest one around today, but it doesn't matter. You're not competing against them. <laughs> but you're like, I'm going after my best. I'm going to get better today than I was yesterday. And then tomorrow I'm going to be better than I am today, and I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to keep training. I'm keep pressing in to the call of God. Because when I do, I'm not just going to stumble over the line. Whoo, I made it. You're going to come blasting through the line with a whole company of people who are impacted by the grace that God has poured out on your life. Thank you, Jesus. We're about to pray for some people. I just want to read this last part. Again, I love, I love context. This is in Philippians chapter 3. Paul talking about his, his fight and his race. You know, when you have a vision, give, vision gives pain a purpose. That <laughs> is when you when you've tasted of the goodness of God, you just can't be normal anymore. <laughs> you like you it's no longer like, oh, did I did I get my ten minutes in? It's like uh, ten minutes? Well, I'm starving for more of him because he's so good. People have their eyes like, hey, man, what are you doing? You've been, you've been stuck in the Word for three hours. You're like, really? It's been three hours. What happened? I've just been having encounters with God. Oh, man. Philippians 3. We're going to get down to verse 12. But I want to start in verse 8. This is Paul running with his vision. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. You should study that word out. I'll leave it there. That I may gain Christ and he be found and, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. 
Thank you, Jesus. God's got, God's got some batons he's going to be handing out tonight. Can I tell you again that we're not waiting for a move of God to come. We're in a move of God. We're, we're in a move of God. We're in a move and more's coming. And, uh, and <clears throat> you know, when I ran track, I was, I, was, I was a sprinter. I did, you know, the short ones. Thank you, Jesus. The, the 100, the 200, I did the relays. That was, that, was my, that was my jam. Listen, you know you're not called to look like the person next to you. You're called to look like you full of Jesus. And sometimes you full of Jesus is different than the person running next to you. Because they're, by design, they're supposed to be distance runners and sprinters and shot putters and and high jumpers and javelin throwers. You know what's amazing is that they all are after the same prize, but they train differently. You know what they have in common? They all train hard. But a shot putter shouldn't try and be a sprinter. And a, and a sprinter shouldn't try and be a distance runner. Run your race. Because it all contributes to the greatest prize of getting as many across the line as we can. But the last thing is this, that I was, I was a, a sprinter and I, and I loved the relays. My best race, my favorite race was the 4x100 relay. And there is this thing about, about a relay Everybody knows it's the baton being passed from one person to the next. But the thing about the baton is for you to effectively receive it, you already have to be moving. And some of us are like, man, when God shows up, I'll start running. When I'm convinced revival's at hand, I'll get serious. The problem is if that's, if that's your mentality, you're in for a train wreck. Revival will just run you over and pass you by and you'll be standing there, everybody else is running, you're like, what happened? <laughs> Why, because when the baton is coming, you see it coming and you start running. Because when you get it, you're supposed to get it in stride. Come on, I tell you, Jesus Jesus didn't come to play around. The Father isn't playing. The, the Father didn't send, Je send Jesus to die on the cross because he's playing around. And he didn't send Jesus to die on the cross thinking, man, I really hope this works. He has a vision. He's got a plan. He's got a design and he's calling us to run in his race. Yes, he's calling you to run the way you're designed to run. Distance runners, be distance runners. Shot putters, be shot putters. But he's calling you to run. I want to ask, who can, who can smell in the wind that we're already in a move of God? But you, 
but you know more is coming. And how many people in this room know that you're called to run? And that you're called to fight a good fight. But the, the good fight isn't first fighting the devil. He's already been defeated. The good fight is going after the vision that God has called you to. And on occasion, we have to put our foot on the neck of the devil to get there. Oh, you popped up again. What are you doing here? You're already defeated. I'm going on with my fight. Come on, if you're called to run, if you're, can you, somebody come, if you're called to run, I just want you to stand to your feet right now. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, this, this doesn't have to be for everybody right now, but the Father isn't playing around. Jesus isn't playing around. I didn't come to play around. My brother is excited. <laughs> Our team didn't come to play around. You're not here to play around. Come on, if you were, if you were looking for devotional Christianity, you'd be at another church, right? The service would have been done two hours ago. You're here. You're here with a purpose. And I feel like God is going to hand out upgrades. That he's handing out a baton of upgrades for you to run your race and to fight your fight. Not to fight the devil, to go after the prize that God has called you to. <laughs> and when you have to put your foot on his neck, then do it. <laughs> oh, there's upgrades. Wow. And I even feel like for some that there's track shoes. And I specifically feel like God is breaking off this thing of, from some of us that, man, I haven't allowed myself to fully run because I'm running the wrong race. I thought I was running against, I thought I was competing against you and against you and somebody's always faster than me. That's not the race he's called you to run. You get to compete, but you're competing for your personal best. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. I'm going to, in a moment, I'm going to call those who want to receive the upgrade in your running. Oh, I feel it. My hands are on fire. There's a baton. Wow. But to receive it, you have to be running. But, but first, first, I just feel like the Father's on this right now. I feel like that there's some that you're like, I don't know that I fully let myself run. Because I didn't know that there was a prize for me. I, I always look at the person on my left and my right, and I think, oh, they're running faster. They're going to get the prize. But the Father's saying, he's got prizes for you. Every day when you wake up, every day when you, you set your heart like Flint to go after what he's called you to, you're not competing against them. You're competing for your best today. Thank you, Jesus. If that's you, I just want you to come right now. The Father's just going to begin to minister to you. Permission to run. 
Thank you, Jesus. Wow. I see some shoes with wings on them. <laughs> Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Father is here. And he just wants to affirm you. He wants to affirm you. He wants to affirm you. You don't, you're not going to receive. It's not, it's not, let me start over. It's not just the person who we think looks like they're coming in first who's going to get the white rope. It's the person who exercises internal dominion. He just says day in and day out, I'm going after it. I'm going after it. You might be the fifth fastest. You might be number 10. You might be number 50. It doesn't matter. That if you're going after it, God's got something special for you. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. Just come. Just come with your affirming hand right now in Jesus' name. Just come with your affirming hand. Guess what? The most, the most coveted prize was the, always the team prize. Even if you don't feel like you're the fastest or the strongest, that you can contribute and together we can all win. Yeah, so Father, we just say, come, come, come. 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 Whew, there it is. Just let him. Yeah, whoo, the shoes. Ha, huh? the shoes are for you. <laughs> the shoes are for you. Just allow God to show you the new shoes that he has for you. They're tailor-made just for you. Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit www.bethelchurchaustin.com.